eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege of life today. Glory be unto your name. Just as it was for Israel, we need the manna, the daily manna that will strengthen us for today's journey. We pray, Lord, that as we go through the words of our devotion, that it shall be indeed manna to us that will give us strength. Quench our thirsts also, O Lord, and revive our souls, strengthen us with the words we will hear, and graciously grant us of thy Holy Spirit, that we may be blessed. Put the life coals of heaven upon my lips, Lord, that the words spoken shall bless your children. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, June 17. A Suicide The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 5. On the plain of Shunem and the slopes of Mount Gilboa, the armies of Israel and the hosts of the Philistines closed in mortal combat. Though the fearful scene in the cave of Endor had driven all hope from his heart, Saul fought with desperate valor for his throne and his kingdom. But it was in vain. The men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. Three brave sons of the king died at his side. The archers pressed upon Saul. He had seen his soldiers falling around him and his princely sons cut down by the sword, himself wounded. He could neither fight nor fly. Escape was impossible and determined not to be taken alive by the Philistines, he bade his armor-bearer, draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith. When the man refused to lift his hand against the Lord's anointed, Saul took his own life by falling upon his sword. Thus, the first king of Israel perished with the guilt of self-murder upon his soul. By following the dictates of Satan, Saul was himself hastening the very result which with unsanctified ability he was endeavoring to avert. The counsel of the Lord had been disregarded again and again by the rebellious king, and the Lord had given him up to the folly of his own wisdom. The influences of the Spirit of God would have restrained him from the course of evil which he had chosen, that eventually worked out his ruin. God hates all sin, and when man persistently refuses all the counsel of heaven, he is left to the deceptions of the enemy, to be drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. The first king of Israel proved a failure because he set his will above the will of God. Through the prophet Samuel, the Lord instructed Saul that as king of Israel, his course of action must be one of strictest integrity. Then. 
God will bless his government with prosperity. But Saul refused to make obedience to God his first consideration and the principles of heaven, the government of his conduct. He died in dishonor and despair. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is A Suicide. Having received the message from the witch of Endor that he and his sons and Israel was going to die in that battle, Saul still went for the battle. And it's quite strange actually when you think of it. There are lessons to learn from here, but I just want to read first of all the account of his death in 1 Samuel 31, reading from verse 1 downward to verse 10. It says, Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons. And the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab and Malchishua, Saul's sons. And the battle went sore against Saul, and the archers hit him, and he was sore wounded of the archers. Then said Saul unto his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. So Saul died, and his three sons, and his armor-bearer, and all his men that same day together. And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley, and they that were on the other side Jordan, saw that the men of Israel fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. And it came to pass on the morrow, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, that they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. And they cut off his head, and stripped off his armor, and sent into the land of the Philistines round about to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. And they put his armor in the house of Ashtaroth, and they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. Wow, what a terrible end for a man who was a king of Israel. Of all the kings of Israel, there were many of them who disobeyed God in such stubbornness, like Zedekiah. And then there was also this man, King Saul. But Saul's case is very remarkable for his stubbornness. There's a lesson I learned from here. Saul had pursued hard against David. He had tried to kill his son, Jonathan. He killed the priests. And if you take note of how he killed the priests, he killed them with all their sheep, their oxen, and all that they had. He didn't even spare any child. That was what God asked him to do to to the Amalekites, and he didn't do it, but rather he did it to the priest of the Lord. And that day he even put it in his mouth and said, Slay the priest of the Lord. That was what he said. In slaying the priest of the Lord, who was Saul really fighting against? Was it not God? If, If Saul had God before him, he would have slain him too. But the closest he could come was to the priest of the Lord and to the servant of the Lord, David. He couldn't get David, but he got the priest of the Lord. 
here is what a man can become when they become stubborn and this stubbornness starts with little things little things that's where it begins but the first lesson i want to point out here is saul had men a man in such stubbornness should he have men i think there's a lesson we should learn from here that when we see somebody following evil we shouldn't be with them there are people who have the modesty and honor to resign when they are working with people who are practicing evil when you see that the person you are working with is evil these men of israel should not have died when they saw that confidence that the lord was not with saul there were some who went to david and those who went to david was because they hated what saul was doing we shouldn't support evil imagine those men who were cornering david all the time now they were dead they were just as guilty as saul of course saul's guilt was more but they were just guilty also abner did not die in this battle the captain of king saul and there were other people who did not die but those who were always following saul to to look for david so that they can kill him what was in their minds was it not still some soldiers of saul that left saul's army and joined david why did they join david because they were discontented with the king who was disobedient to god saul did not do them any harm but their own sense of justice made them to leave saul and these other men who did not leave saul they died i learned the lesson here that we should not follow a man who is evil if a blind follows the blind jesus said they will both fall into a ditch saul could not see the lord had left him and those who followed him they fell into a ditch with him the bible says in first samuel chapter 31 verse 6 so saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men that same day let us not be among all his men even if it is your father who is the leader and you see that the lord is not with him it is better for you to cut off from an evil man so that you will not perish with him and one of the evil people of course the most evil person we know is satan the lord has prepared a punishment for satan just as he prepared for saul it was not for these men to die with saul but since they chose to follow saul they died with him and those who choose to follow the devil the lord will certainly tell them one day as he said in the book of matthew 25 verse 41 then shall he say unto them on the left hand depart from me you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels everlasting fire is prepared not for everybody but for the devil and his angels but those who choose to follow the devil just as the men who followed king saul they will get the same punishment as the devil saul died with all his men but let us review now what were the problems with king saul that brought him to this terrible end that they cut his head and hung his body in the in the house of their god ashtaroth such a shame the first one i would say is that he allowed himself to lose sight of god his helper in losing sight of god he began to feel that his accomplishments came through his own strength and might conquest to him became opportunities for self-glory and not for god's glory he viewed the battles he fought as his battles and not god's and we learned the lesson do not leave your dependence on god do not lose sight of your helper do not at a time start to think that the things you are achieving it is by your strength and by your might secondly saul became self-confident and proud instead of self-distrustful this was not so at the beginning he was at first humble 
as the Lord was pleased to honor him by granting him victories, little by little, like Satan, he started to take glory to himself. He began to get a kick out of the flattery and praise of men. He became self-sufficient. He lost his self-distrust. We must always learn to give God the glory in whatever thing we do. And how do we give God the glory? Not just with your words, but by doing it the way the Lord says you should do it. When you follow your own ways, you are doing your own thing and you are trying to seek your own glory. Saul chose to follow his own ways. The Lord says do it like this, he will do it the other way. He cannot give God the glory by doing it in another way. In our own lives, you cannot give God the glory in disobedience. If God says this is how to do something, this is how to eat, this is how to walk, this is how to live, and you choose to do it a different way, you are bringing glory to yourself. Because when you achieve the thing you want to achieve but did it a different way, then you will say it is your hands that gave you the victory and helped you to achieve what you want to achieve. By lying, by stealing, by breaking the law of God of health and also doing things that are not in harmony with his law in, um, for example, cheating in your exams and then you pass. Who do you think gets the glory? You can't come and say glory to God. You have gone through another means to pass your exams. You did pass, yes. But as far as you pass that exam without doing it the right way, the glory goes to you. You have chosen your own way and you will still say that it is your hands that gave you the victory and self-confidence will come in. You will not be self-distrustful. And this lack of self-distrust led to his desire for self-exaltation. Saul didn't know what was in his heart at first until a competitor was found. Jonathan, his son, and David were like rivals to him instead of helpers. Not because they were Philistines, but because they were doing the work for which he wanted only himself to do and to get the glory for it. He gave himself over to Satan in consulting familiar spirits. Instead of asking God for forgiveness and repenting of his sins, he chose to go and ask help from the devil, thereby sealing his doom. Saul did not like to admit his fault, which was a very huge problem. That was the crux of this matter. When Samuel came to him telling him his fault, he rejected it and said, I have obeyed. And then he grieved the Holy Spirit away. He did not like correction. He hardened his neck under it. He would rather go after the person whose life was a rebuke to his disobedience. He was stubborn and rejected God's word. This is the eventual result of self-confidence. This spirit will lead to one following his own will and ways to the rejection of God's will and ways. It is a high insult to God to do this. Saul felt no remorse for it because his pride reached to the heavens. He tried to kill both David and Jonathan, his son, because God used them to do a work which he wished it was him that did. Envy, jealousy, and hatred had possessed him. He became suspicious of anyone he saw talking with David. He believed every false report about David. He tried to murder the innocent man numerous times even if this was the only means by which his kingdom would be preserved. Earlier in his mission to kill David, David had spared his own life twice. Eventually, David decided to go to Gath. When David went to Gath and stayed with Achish, there it was told Saul that David fled to Gath in 1 Samuel 27 verse 4 and he sought David no more. And in verse 5 it says, And David said to Achish, If I now find grace in thine eyes, let them give me a place in some town in the country that I may dwell there, for why should thy servant dwell in the royal city with thee? 
Akish gave David Ziklag. And what did David do there? He smote the land and he did not leave man or woman alive and took away the sheep and the oxen and the asses and the camels and the apparel and returned and came to Akish. While David was in the land of the Philistines, he was still doing Saul a favor by fighting the enemies of Israel. When the time came to fight King Saul, the Philistines called David because David they thought that David was fighting for them. So the Philistines called David to come and fight with them against Saul. They did not know that David could never do that. David agreed. He was pleased to go with them, intending to kill the Philistines in battle. That was David's aim. When he goes with the Philistines in the battle, he was going to turn and kill them. In 1 Samuel 29, reading from verse 3, verse 2, he says, And the lords of the Philistines passed on by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed on in the re-reward with Achish. Then said the princes of the Philistines, What do these Hebrews hear? And Achish said unto the princes of the Philistines, Is not this David the servant of Saul, the king of Israel? which had been with me these days or these years, and I have found no fault in him since he fell unto me unto this day. And the princes of the Philistines were wroth with him. And the princes of the Philistines said unto him, Make this fellow return, that he may go again to his place which thou hast appointed him, and let him not go down with us to battle, lest in the battle he be an adversary to us. For wherewith should he reconcile himself unto his master? Should it not be with the heads of these men? Is not this David, of whom they sang one to another in dances, saying, Saul slew his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Then Achish called David and said unto him, Surely as the Lord liveth, thou hast been upright, and thy going out and thy coming in with me in the host is good in my sight. For I have not found evil in thee since the day of thy coming unto me unto this day. Nevertheless, the Lord's favour thee not, wherefore now, Return and go in peace, that thou displease the lords, displease not the lords of the Philistines. Hmm. If the if the lords of the Philistines had permitted David to go to battle with them, as a to fight against Israel, David against Israel, David would have turned his back and slain the Philistines sore. But the Lord prevented it. Saul had succeeded in chasing David from himself, and everything, every good thing God had appointed to be a blessing to him. He lost the favor of God and God did not permit David to follow the Philistines to, to relieve Saul. Saul exiled David and sought to kill him. His proud heart even rejected Samuel and tried to punish him too. He killed the priest of God, tried killing Jonathan. In just one small matter of admitting his wrong, Saul became a tyrant possessed of the devil. By following the dictates of Satan, Saul was himself hastening the very result which with unsanctified ability he was endeavoring to avert. The counsel of the Lord had been disregarded again and again by this rebellious king and the Lord had given him up to the folly of his own wisdom. That is Conflict and Courage, page 174. The Bible says to us in Proverbs 29 verse 1, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. King Saul was eventually destroyed for the simple reason that he hated reproof and rebuke and he was too proud to take correction. Evidences were very clear around him that his course of action was wrong but like many of us, we set our will against God, against God's will and continue in a wrong course instead of admitting our wrong. There are many souls today 
Saul did not get to where he was in an instant. It was gradual. The same place Saul was led by cherishing pride and self-confidence, others who cherish the same spirit will end. In the face of glaring evidence of his wrong course, he refused to admit he was wrong. The ships were bleating, yet Saul refused to admit his wrong. We also can be shown our error from God's word and refuse to admit our wrong by maintaining our set views. This is the worst thing that could happen to anyone. We learn the lesson of humbling ourselves under the word of God and not the lesson of self-justification. It doesn't have to be any huge issue. It can happen to us in the smallest of matters. By disobedience and not making the appropriate sacrifices, Cain was rejected. Saul also. And we also will be rejected. Instead of repenting, both Cain and Saul re- they chose rather to despise God and hate anyone who was following God's will, whose life condemned them. Today, when you come to the tail end of people's lives or you see people who are miserable in their lives and you try to inquire what has brought them to this position, you will find out that the reason why people are suffering today and they have regrets is because they refused to make the right sacrifices and they made poor decisions and they didn't have the courage to take up the work that the Lord gave to them. And what does this sacrifice mean? It could mean just giving up your own set ideas and views. And when you refuse to give it up and follow your own headstrong view, you come to the end of your life like King Saul, looking back at it, at the poor decisions you made, at the sacrifices you refused to make because you wanted to keep everything to yourself. The principle of God with us is like that of what Abel gave himself to, make the appropriate sacrifice and get the approbation and the approval of God. Abel made the right sacrifice. He made the right decision and because of that he was approved. King Saul and Cain refused to make the right sacrifice by giving up their views, by doing exactly what the Lord said he should do. He maintained that he was right and in doing this he hastened to his own destruction. But when you see people who do this, like Cain and like Saul, there are two ways you can, re- you can respond when the Lord comes to rebuke you. One way is by humility and admitting you're wrong and then make the right sacrifice and the Lord will approve of you but many do not do this instead they do two things within it's still one thing but they reject the ideal and the standard that the lord gave to them so perhaps someone has come to rebuke you concerning your course of action in telling lies and stealing or adultery or not following social reform or not following health reform and they tell you this is the right way to do this maybe because you do not like the rebuke or because you look at your vulnerability the fact that you have tried so many times and you keep making mistake upon mistake upon mistake and you see your weakness and you try and try and you see that you are not making it but why is it that you're not getting the right results it is because you are not making the right sacrifices for example you know that you're not supposed to engage in masturbation pornography or you're not supposed to engage in sexual intercourse or you're not supposed to that's premarital sex and you are told this is the sacrifice you're supposed to make do not put yourself in positions that will arouse impure thoughts stop watching those movies stop listening to that music stop going to the internet maybe you even need to cut off your right hand but because you refuse to make the sacrifice and you keep on seeing your weakness and vulnerability here's what some people do they reject the ideal altogether like cain cain chose not to follow the lord anymore 
incensed and offended by his sense of error and we also by our sense of error and consistent mistakes which God constantly brings to our notice which is made worse and worse by our failure to correct ourselves humbly and make the appropriate sacrifice many of us will give up the thing that God has requested we do not want to follow his standards anymore and we start to change the standards we destroy or reject the standard in our minds so that we will reduce the tension that we feel when that standard is constantly placed before us and we reject God's word just like Saul did and we reject counsel but with many do not stop there Cain did not stop there Saul did not stop there when they rejected the word of the Lord when they saw someone who was following it like Jonathan and David that was still bringing to their minds what the standard is as far as they were seeing somebody Saul is seeing someone and we are seeing people who are following the standard of God we get offended with them just as Cain got offended with Abel and Saul got offended with Jonathan and with David even though you reject the standard of God in your mind and you say I don't think I need to follow these laws I don't I don't think these things are really standards you're just making life difficult fine but the moment you see somebody who is following it how do you react you see people get offended with them and try to destroy the person who is a representative of that standard or that ideal so that there's no visual or con- cognitive reminder of that, of that ideal to make them keep fulfilling their weakness and vulnerability this is one reaction to our self-conscious weaknesses and the condition of our existence the other reaction like i've said is for us to humble ourselves and obey arrogance resentment and keeping everything to yourself and not making the appropriate sacrifice will not help us it will rather degenerate to something evil like it did to saul it will lead to murderous instincts the first king of israel proved a failure because he set his will above the will of god through the prophet samuel the lord instructed saul that as king of israel his course of action must be one of strictest integrity and god is instructing us today as king in our own lives our lives must be one of strictest integrity that's the only way we can get success this is the only way god can bless our government and prosper us but saul refused to make obedience to god his first consideration and the principles of heaven the government of his conduct he died in dishonor and despair proverbs 29 verse 1 says he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy have you been reproved Maybe someone told you something you didn't like about your conduct and the way you carry yourself and showed you how you were going against God's law. Please do not harden your neck. You will eventually be destroyed. Do not be like Saul or Cain who rejected the ideal altogether and said to themselves, look, this thing is not exactly how it must be. I will follow what I have been doing. There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. And then, are you seeing that in following what you are doing, you are realizing that it's a mistake? Do not be proud. Humble yourself. Retrace your steps. Do not be proud. Ask for help. If the help is to come from only David who you have been chasing, that person who is the person you have hated, don't die in silence. Seek help. If Saul had sought help from David, things would have taken a different turn. If he had repented and asked God for forgiveness, things would have taken a different turn. And we also, if we continue to follow our evil ways, in stubbornness of refusing to admit our wrong, we will die in our sins. Let us not harden our neck under God's reproof. Giving to us through whomever, whether it's from the word of God or from your friend or from any minister or anybody at all, let us humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, as we see the end of this man King Saul, we are reminded of our own 
weaknesses and stubbornness. Please, Lord, forgive us for stubbornness and help us to submit to your hands for our own good. May our pride be laid down in the dust that we may not destroy ourselves. Help us, Lord, not to follow evil people too that we may not be, be destroyed with them. Whether it is a husband, whether it is a friend, help us, Lord, to cut ourselves away. Just as Abigail did, she didn't die with Nabal because she separated herself from his evil deeds. Help us, Lord, to separate from anybody that is evil among us that we do not follow them as blind people following blind leaders that we do not fall into a ditch. Help us, Lord, in this matter. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.